0: Well welcome to another session of This Is Me About Me. Today we're joined by Faye Stevenson also known as Felicity Fiennes. Um, So I'm going to jump in very quickly uh, with a question. So who are you and what do you do Faye?
1: Um, so as you said my name is Faye um, and a passion of mine is mental health. Having suffered um, from quite a young age uh, with varying degrees. Um, it's something that I think is incredibly important. And obviously, at the moment, it's very much highlighted with everything that's going on. Mm. Um, and I just want to try and share some of my experiences and also um, just make it something that's more talked about and make it more open for others so that people realize they're not on their own, um, so that kids, well, that. Um, especially sort of young people, my kids age um, feel that they can talk about it openly unlike we did when we were young and it just wasn't discussed.
0: Brilliant and with Felicity finds, I mean what is that to I mean obviously we'll have notes you know in the podcast and stuff but what does that do and why did you start that I mean obviously to, to you know enable people to talk about mental health but why, why did you start it?
1: It's an interesting one. I actually started it quite a while ago. I had a a small business that I ran myself alongside a part-time job, creating um, accessories and things like that for kids. And just through Mm -hmm. doing that, I then started to blog alongside that. And that's where the How Felicity Finds came from. And I started to share a bit more on the blogging side and found I really enjoyed that actually and enjoyed sharing the content and it seemed to go down well and so I thought I started to work more and more on that side of it and just really start share other people's stories share my stories um, share some tips and advice and great websites that you know we found mm-hmm. but like you know um, when I read your book you know that was fantastic so to be able to share that with people you know it's just any kind of resources and tips and help for people along the way. And that's, that's really where um, Felicity finds came from.
0: And why Felicity?
1: <laughs> I always get asked this. <laughs> and Because uh, then people think they've got my name wrong. And so I get, I get called Felicity a lot, which doesn't bother me. But basically it comes from when I was born, uh, my mum wanted to call me Felicity. And my father, bless his soul, up there, uh, said no. And so I was called Faye. And so, felicity is my little nod to my mum who brought us up my myself and my two sisters on her own um and did a fantastic job, so it's my little nod to her to say thank you.
0: Oh, how nice is that You mentioned about sort of struggling with kind of mental health. Can you kind of expand on that would that be all right
1: yeah, absolutely um so I was uh bullied at school quite badly uh junior what would be what is known down here as junior school year so years um four five six so I'd moved from a very small village and moved to a a new town East Kilbride um and you know it was just one of those things I happened to be there's two of us that joined that year there was myself and there was the the minister's son who clearly went out on a you know he sort of thought, well, I'm going to get picked on anyway because I'm the minister's son, so I'm just going to be inherently naughty. So they all thought he was wonderful. Um, Uh And so, yeah, it was just girls being girls. It's one of those things you look back now, you know, I know now having looked back that I can see the girl that sort of was at the head of it all. She was suffering some real rubbish at home. Her parents were... Uh You know, going through some hard stuff, and I think a lot of it was taken out on the kids. But you know, when you're young, you don't know that. And obviously, you know, she didn't know how to deal with that. There was no, no, no help for her there at that time. So the easiest thing was to take it out on, on an easy target, which happened to be me at that time. So, um, that affected me quite badly. But then, luckily, I moved when we moved up to secondary school, because my sisters were quite a bit older. They'd moved to a high school that was outside of the catchment area due to us moving at the time it didn't make any difference so I ended up going to a completely different secondary school than um, that girl and quite a few of the girls that were part of it so that gave me a bit of a clean break which was which was a really good thing actually and I had a fantastic time at high school but from then on I always sort of suffered with very low self-esteem um I've Found certain situations very hard. I'm not very good at failing at things, you know. Okay. If somebody, because to me, it, that's me back at square one again. I'm, you know, rubbish, and it gives everyone an mm. opportunity to point and laugh, and and so I then went to. I started suffering sort of depression. I it probably wasn't diagnosed till I was late teens. My father, as I say, my mum and dad split up when I was just weeks old. Um, so I think always on the lookout for a father figure, I married very, very young. Um, I was 19 when I got married the first time Um, that didn't work out very well. We rushed into things. It wasn't the best marriage in the world. It was abusive. Um, there were a lot of problems. I obviously wasn't incredibly well at the time anyway. And so at that point was when I was first diagnosed with depression. Um, and then throughout my life, I have I suffered from postnatal depression after having my wow. eldest two boys. They were very close together. It was only 14 months between them. And I just found it incredibly difficult. I was in York on my own without, um, at that point, my mum wasn't here. So I didn't really have much support. Um, wow. And I just found it really difficult. Um, goodness knows how people have gone through, you know, mm. having babies in lockdown. I really don't know how they've done that bless them um and then you know things just keep going and eventually sort of after another episode of of quite a sort of low mood and depressive state uh, the doctors sent me for some therapy um mm. I was very lucky to get that and the therapist at the time was fantastic it was maybe about two three years ago now and she was the one that sort of finally diagnosed and said i really don't think it's just depression i think you have post-traumatic stress disorder um and once we went through it it actually it was one of those kind of really awakening moments where you go oh gosh yeah because Mm -hmm. you suddenly realize that's Mm -hmm. why i felt like that and that's why this does this to me and that's why i have a panic attack at this point in time Mm -hmm. and oh yes that is a panic attack that's what's been happening I'm not just an emotional mess. Um, So that was great to kind of, it's one of those moments where you do realise, you know, there's a weight lifted in a way Mm -hmm. because suddenly there's, you know, there's a reason why everything's been happening and and there's a light at the end of the tunnel and you can actually do something about it, which was fab.
0: And it it makes sense, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, You can really sort of go back and look at things and, and see why things happened. I've always been quite lucky in that I can look back at things um, mm. and be able to sort of, you know, even by the time I was in my 20s, I was sort of able to look back at, at my bully and, and recognise then that she had issues and, it, you know, she wasn't just... And I think that's the same for a lot of, of people like that, generally. It's that they are having their own issues and they just don't know how to deal with those. So it's easier to take yeah. it out on others, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's interesting. One of the, the sessions, well, some of the sessions that we do in schools, we, we literally raise the question, who's been bullied? And obviously, lots of people put their hands up. And then we ask the next question, which is, and which one of you has bullied? Yeah. And it's really interesting because we then get into a conversation and, and every single person who's put their hand up to the latter question is doing it because they don't feel good about themselves. You know, if you if yeah, you're in a good absolutely. place and you feel great, you wouldn't do it. And 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 I know it's very easy to kind of point the finger, not that we are, but 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 they have issues. And the thing is if we deal with those issues, then the bullying kind of doesn't go away, but it certainly becomes lessons. So it's fascinating that you've you've alluded to that. So yeah so what so what has helped you? In other words, what have you learnt along the way that, that that's kind of helped shape your life?
1: You know, it's like that quote that, you know, every storm passes. I think I've always been able to look at the bigger picture and know that actually, although whatever situation I might be in at that point in time, it will always pass. So no matter how difficult it might seem, um, I think the only time I ever got to a point where I I didn't feel it, that was when I had the postnatal depression and I did get to the point of a suicide attempt um and i think that's you know when yeah. you realize that you really feel that you can't go any further but i think apart from that the, the the you know the overriding thing that's always got me through um especially when i was younger was always knowing that that it would always be okay it it was never going to stay like that forever and just mm. always having somebody i was very lucky with my you know i, I could always talk to my mom could always mm. talk to friends um but my mum especially was always there I could tell her absolutely anything she would never judge she would never you know decide upon anything she would just sit and listen she would she was great she was one of those she would never just agree with me and tell me I was always right she would you know if she didn't feel I was right or that I was looking at something incorrectly or I'd done something wrong she would tell me but where I was right you know or or feeling whatever for whatever reason she would always be the one to fight my corner and back me up, and I think wow. that's a great thing for kids to have
0: because mm. sometimes I mean you know when, when children are from you know trouble backgrounds, maybe they don't have a an active parent in their life, but if they have got somebody who's a mentor or coach, maybe it's a teacher or maybe just somebody that's close that that has yeah, got absolutely. their stick up for them you know that's really important, isn't it, to make those connections.
1: I think I think as a child, I think, you know, and as a young adult, I think that's absolutely invaluable to have somebody that, you know, no matter what you can go to. I think I don't think we place enough importance on that.
0: Mm, I totally and utterly agree. And and I think for us, I mean, we're trying to set up peer to peer mentoring and coaching, you know, within the me program and stuff and whatever to help people. So at least they've got somebody that they can kind of turn to. Um, that is a voice of reason and a voice of support as opposed to condemnation and all that kind of stuff. So so what and who has helped you along the way? I mean, you mentioned your mum. I mean, has anything else helped along the way? Any other people?
1: I think I've been very lucky. I've met some great people. Um, my family especially, just as a whole, I've got a, a very small, direct family. There's just me, my two sisters, my mum and her brother but as a result of that we um while i was young we had a very extended non-blood related family which was you know very unusual um it just meant that a lot of the people that i met through that were you know some exceptional people there so i have mm. aunts and uncles um who i just you know i would i would wish that everybody would have had them when they were growing up and um, they were just amazing I had some amazing experiences. And, and again, I you know, just some of the conversations and the advice that they were able to sort of give to me from experiences that they had through their life. I mean, that, for me, has, has been a massive part of it. Um, And some great teachers when I was at high school as well. Um, mm, I, I, I think sometimes case. teachers don't always realise the importance that they play outside of just, you know, a sort of educational setting.
0: Yeah, it's interesting they say that a teacher um, is actually number two after a parent in terms of a significant influence in a young person's life. And I really, truly do believe that. Um, so what 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 obstacles do you think has sort of hindered and helped you in a way?
1: I mean, I think a, a big one for me was always confidence. So it stopped me doing an awful lot of things. I, I mean, you've seen that firsthand. Um, so, you know, it even now you know 45 years of age it's still it's still incredibly difficult for me to overcome some of those things that have been around since those junior years at school which is a long long time and i think if we just have that ability to deal with things a little bit better at the time then you know they will never ever stop you for the rest of your life because they really have stopped me doing certain things although i am a great believer in everything happening for a reason so you know and one of the funny things i find is i'm i'm not very good at spelling i'm not very good at grammar i always put it down to when I was that was it was those years that I was being bullied and that I probably didn't pay attention, but actually now my youngest son has been found to be severely dyslexic wow. um and having gone through that process with him, they think it's probably that I'm dyslexic as well um but I absolutely love to write and that and that's oh, come through amazing. with felicity finds i you know I really do love to write um so I find it difficult it's not the easiest mm. thing that comes to me, especially you know with the spelling and the grammar but that's really helped me to be able to just write down how I'm feeling how my thoughts are I mean it's especially even just in lockdown there that was the one thing that got me through was just being able to write down how I was feeling every day and you know how it's affecting us how it's affecting the kids Mm. so yeah
0: that's wonderful. And i just have to mention to listeners that we've tried several times, haven't we, to do this? And yes. <laughs> for whatever reason dentists and other bits and pieces have kinda of got in the way. But 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 many times that you have been um anxious to do it and,
1: yeah. know,
0: and not been able to do it. And the thing the reason why I think this is remarkable is that you are doing this and you sound so wonderfully at ease. Um, and I can imagine that inside there's quite a lot of turmoil. But what you're saying to people is gold dust. And that's why getting over that anxiety, even if it's just for half an hour or so, is so important to people. It's wonderful. I mean, it really. Yeah, is.
1: absolutely. And I, th- I think that's one of the things that I'll take as well from the sort of last year, the last six months. It's really made me feel that actually I have to push myself. And mm. it might take me, you know, 10 times as long as somebody else and somebody else might take 10 times longer than I will um Mm. because the anxiety can be so different in everyone and I think Mm. it just needs somebody to you know you've been absolutely fantastic you know I would imagine there'd be other people out there who just go oh for goodness sake this is just ridiculous um, but you were so understanding. And it was the, even the fact that I could be honest with you and tell you that that's why I was having issues, mm. Um, mm. you know, and and you, you've been so patient. And I think, yeah, for me, a big part now is to actually do it, because now that I'm doing it, I'm sat here talking to you. It's absolutely fine. I keep thinking one of the kids is going to come in and <laughs> they're going to do it. <laughs> you know so it's it's that initial hurdle it is just getting over that initial hurdle and i think hearing that other people go through that and that actually if they can do it then you know you know if i can do it anyone can do it so so lovely
0: so i'm gonna ask you so what one word would you use to describe yourself
1: oh goodness (laughs)
0: um
1: i would probably say um Hopeful. Lovely. Beautiful word. Hopeful, yeah.
0: Uh, And what advice would you, if you could go back to your primary years or back to your younger self, what advice would you give Faye when she was younger?
1: I think I would probably just tell myself not to take everything to heart. I think that was something that was very much drummed into me as a child and I therefore then drummed into myself and I take things far too personally so I would I would probably have just taken myself to one side and said look do not take it personally try and think about it from everyone's point of view um you know it it really isn't personal to you and if you you know I think if I could have done that I probably would have saved myself an awful lot of tears and sleepless nights and you know trauma along the way
0: but it's so hard isn't it when you are younger because that's the only world you know and, and
1: absolutely and, and it's everything to you and just the smallest thing mm. is mm. you know and it's not until you're older that you are able to sort of look back and go mm. actually that wasn't the biggest thing in the world whereas and but I think that's another thing that that people need to realize when they're trying to talk to younger people and help younger people is to realise and not belittle how they feel at that point in time Brilliant. because that really Brilliant. is how important that is to them, that, you know, you, you can't make Brilliant. it any less because that's what it yeah. is to them. And you have to accept their feelings and and mm-hmm. validate them and, you know, realise that that really is what's so important to them and just think of how you can help them and make them, you know, work through that Um but yeah, I think for me it would it would have been
0: that yeah. That's beautiful because the thing I, I I I there's so often I've even caught myself this is many years ago, um saying to a, you know daughter or or son or whatever don't be silly, and 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 now I, I I think God that that's so hurtful those two words or those three words and I wouldn't yeah. dare say that now. So when Freddie or B or whatever says they feel a certain way. I, I literally just sit there and I just listen and I go, and let's just explore that. And not in a kind of, oh, let's be a psychiatrist or a counsellor, but just to listen to those feelings and to validate them. that's what them. I was going
1: to say. I think so much of it is just that they want somebody to listen. Yeah. You know, they don't want, the, you know, they, they probably understand that it can't all be solved in a second flat as well. They just want somebody yeah. actually to listen to them and accept that that's how they're feeling. As you say, Brilliant. not to be told that they're being silly no or stop making such a big deal of it because to them it really is the you know the biggest thing that's happening to them and it is really Mm. important to them so you know we as adults need to as you say sit down and just listen
0: Mm. and it's so funny isn't it how many times you know do people say "Oh, when you get older you won't feel this way and when you are grown up and this that and the other and I just want to say to people it's totally irrelevant they cannot be in the future they are only in the now and children are so brilliant aren't they at being in the now
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's easy for us to look back, but you can't look forward, can you? No,
0: you really can't. So what advice would you like to give to others at whatever age?
1: I think it is that thing that always sort of helped me get through to know that, it, you know, tomorrow is another day. I'm very much, I take each day as it comes. Um, I find that that really helps me. Um, I'm a big worrier. I overthink everything. So I tend to try not to overload my life with doing things. You know, I I try and lead as simple a life as possible because otherwise it's just, it's too much. Um, So for me, it's about taking each day as it comes, leading as simple a life as possible and just taking stock every now and again and seeing what's really important to you and focusing on that. And never mind about anything else because everything else will still go on behind the scenes. It'll still be there, you know. So it's not worth the, you know, the worry about it if it's not important to you.
0: That's brilliant, isn't it? And and it's so funny when you said sort of keep it simple and it and it really is, isn't it? It's. I mean, I've like you suffered hugely from anxiety and, and and I it was so funny. When I thought of all of the things that made me anxious, it was just almost like a maelstrom of stuff. I just couldn't cope. Yeah. And the way that, you know, like you, I, I I had to strip it all away and just literally one foot in front of the other was the only thing that I could manage. I mean, I couldn't even be around my children because I just couldn't cope. I couldn't cope yeah. with anything being out of kilter or not being in control. And that was the thing that I needed yeah. to let go of, but I couldn't.
1: Yeah. I think the control thing is a difficult one, isn't it? It really is, because yeah. um, I think a, a massive part of anxiety is the is the need to control, because yeah. the assumption is that if you can't control it, then you've got to be anxious about it because what might happen. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. yeah, to be able to to walk away from that and give that up on certain aspects is an incredibly difficult thing to do. Oh, um, it's so, hard. You know, yeah.
0: And is there any other advice you'd you'd like to give? To I would love this, by the way. You know, people are listening. This is the first time you and I have ever spoken. I mean, we've emailed and stuff and whatever. And I just yeah. knew when you we were in we were in contact. I just knew this would be magic. It really is. So, any yeah, other advice? It. It, it's
1: one of those things, isn't it? I think I knew from the minute we sort of made mm. contact through email that yeah, mm. there was something, there was a connection there, wasn't there? Mm.
0: There
1: was a story to be to be made
0: one fold definitely so any other advice
1: um no i think that's pretty much i mean you know i suppose the biggest one is if you are anxious if you are not feeling great and i think you always know deep down so i think you have to listen to your gut um mm. and just talk to somebody you have to talk to somebody and if that person that you first approach doesn't listen tries to tell you how to solve it you know and it doesn't feel right then talk to somebody else until you find that person you'll know the right person who's got that connection with you who's willing to just sit and listen and realize how important whatever it is that you're going through is to you um and help you on that journey however they can
0: that's really lovely and um what legacy would you like to leave behind don't want to be morbid but you know we're going to we're going to you know depart at some point
1: we all are yep i suppose the main one for me is to make sure that my my three boys are the best that they can be in themselves um and if i can pan that out and do that for anyone else uh whether that's just just being there for people um or whether it's going and sharing my story more or working through things you know it it for me, it really is. That would be the one thing I'd like to be able to do is to walk away, knowing that I helped um, others with their journey.
0: It's beautiful. And and just, I'm just going to jump back to the bullying thing. If there is a young boy or a young girl, or or whatever age, being bullied, what advice would you give them?
1: I tell somebody. Um, that's you know the main thing for me is do not do not take that journey on alone. It's too much for someone to take on on their own. Whether it's bullying at school, whether it's bullying in the workplace, you know. And you know the problem is nowadays you can't escape it. I could escape it when I got home, mm-hmm. um. But kids don't now, um. Mm-hmm. And so you have to tell somebody, uh. And and harder it is. To try and think about the person who is bullying you and you know that external reasons to why they might be doing that to give some understanding, and that's a really hard one to do, to be fair. Um, but it does just sometimes give you that ability to look at it in a different light. Um, you know, but I think the biggest advice I I would give is to not take that journey on alone and please go and talk to somebody and tell somebody.
0: Brilliant, Faye. A- amazing seriously thank you so much beautiful beautiful talking to you and 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 that l- advice you know about bullying you really are not alone and and you know do reach out i mean you know we'll put in the details of of your website and felicity finds and whatever but reach out either to the me program or to your good self you know i mean we're here you yeah know, absolutely we, we, we can help in some way um thank you so much for your time lovely to finally meet you Vocally. Yes, you too, sir. And thank you very much. Lovely to meet you.